What is up, Shane at Shane Hubbard Fit and the Barbells and Burgers podcast? Thanks a ton for joining me today. I'm super excited about today's topic, as I always am, because I love doing this, and I'm sure that you are too, and that's why you clicked on it. Um, If I'm groaning or moaning at all, my foot is asleep. I was sitting on it while I was getting everything ready for this today's podcast. So, oh yeah, there it goes, pins and needles. So um, anyway, a little bit about some of the things I want to do with this podcast before we get into today's topic. And um, I was talking with a buddy of mine, actually the best man in my wedding coming up here in November, and um, we were I was throwing around the idea of doing like a burger review. I mean, I, I don't want this just to be all about, uh, you know, I mean, I, well, it is all about, you know, health and fitness and all the different things that go into it and specifically weight loss. But I also wanted to make it a little bit more fun and make it something that would be fun to listen to and educational or informational. So um, one of the things that I tend to not like so much about a lot of podcasts is all the stuff that they talk about in the beginning before they actually get to the topic and how a lot of podcasts, even in fitness, will like wait till the end to actually talk about what the title of the video or the uh, the audio is. And I don't like that, but I want your guys' opinion. So you let me know what you think if you know if you want me to do it at the end is kind of an off topic, whatever it is. So when I start coming up with these things, you guys can you know let me know you know, what you would prefer in terms of where it will be in the podcast episode. Okay. So that being said, getting that out of the way, let's go ahead and hop into today's topic. So today's topic is why weightlifting is more effective than cardio for weight loss. And I was thinking about doing this as the very first podcast episode, and then I decided to wait until I had a little bit more to talk about. Um, But we're going to be talking about that today. And I want to start off by saying that I I don't want to discourage people who do cardio and enjoy it from doing cardio. I don't want to discourage that. I want you very much, if you enjoy running, if you enjoy going to the gym and using the elliptical or using the treadmill, I do not want to discourage you from doing that, okay? What I want to educate you on is that cardio by itself is not going to be an effective form of burning body fat over time and keeping that body fat off once you've burned it, okay? And we'll talk about reasons why further in the podcast. But if you are somebody who's lifting weights and doing cardio and you're seeing results, then this episode is really not like super important for you. You've kind of figured out what everyone else is listening to or listening for. This podcast is perfect for the person who's doing a lot of cardio, whether they because they enjoy it or it's what they've been told to do in order to lose weight, they're not seeing results, they're getting frustrated, it's it's causing you to emotionally eat or it's causing your nutrition to be out of whack and it's just not ideal for what you need, okay? So that's who this podcast is going to serve best today. All right, so let's go ahead and start by first understanding some things about why weightlifting is more important than cardio for weight loss. So one of the biggest calorie burners in our body is muscle, right? It takes a lot of calories to not only maintain muscle, but to build muscle and to keep it on our body, all right? So the more muscle mass you have, the more calories you burn just being alive because your body is trying to preserve the amount of muscle mass you build. 
So the more things you can do to build muscle over time, the greater investment you are putting into your fat loss over time. Okay, so that's the most important thing to kind of start off by understanding is that the reason why weightlifting is important is because weightlifting builds muscle and muscle burns calories. So it works in that way, okay? Muscle mass is really also the only type of tissue that you have control over to increase your BMR, okay? So let's first define BMR. BMR is a large portion of the total amount of calories that you burn every single day. And for those that don't know, BMR stands for basal metabolic rate. So all that really means is the amount of calories you burn every single day just to keep your brain functioning, to keep your heart pumping, to keep your organs running, to you know stand up and walk around, basically to just keep you alive. Like if you were to just lay on your bed all day long, and not really move much at all and just watch TV or whatever, then however many calories you burn that day just doing that, that's basically your basal metabolic rate, just keeping the lights on, so to speak, um, and, and just being able to be alive, okay? So there's three major pieces to what controls your BMR, and only one of them is something that you actually have control over. So the first thing that influences how many calories you burn just being alive is your age, okay? As you age, you typically will burn less calories. It's one of the reasons why, you know, kids between 12 and, you know, 16 are going to burn a lot more calories than somebody who is, you know, in their 40s and, you know, typically works a desk job or doesn't have a lot of muscle mass or something like that. So your age influences that. The other thing that influences that is genetics. And we don't completely understand why that is, why, you know, two people at very similar body types and heights and ages can have vastly different, or maybe not vastly is maybe not the best word, but a pretty different uh, total basal metabolic rate. So genetics, another thing we don't have control over. But the one out of the three that you do have control over is muscle mass. And your basal metabolic rate is going to affect, or I'm sorry, the amount of muscle mass you have on your body is going to affect your basal metabolic rate. So here's an example to help make that make sense. You take two people, uh, let's say they're both men who are 25 years old, and they both weigh 150 pounds. One of them, when we look at all the different types of tissue and what all that weight accumulates to, One has 120 pounds of that 150 in muscle mass, and the other one has 85 pounds of muscle mass. So one has 120, one has 85 pounds, but they both weigh the same total amount of weight. The guy who has 120 pounds of muscle is going to burn more calories every single day doing nothing else different than the guy who weighs 150 pounds but only has 85 pounds of that being muscle mass. And that's because muscle mass burns more calories than fat mass does. And typically speaking, other than bone, the two major sources of weight on your body and water, I mean, we could go into this, but the two biggest influencers of your metabolic rate is going to be your fat to muscle ratio. 
okay? Because you, you really can't control how much water you keep on your body within reason. You don't want to try to control how much digested food you have, right? We, you kind of don't want to not eat and not digest food, right? That's not a good idea. So we want to influence our muscle mass and we want to influence our fat mass. Well, to make things very simple, you can influence your fat mass by increasing your muscle mass. So when I coach people and when I give people advice on losing weight and burning body fat, I say on the exercise end of things, you should be investing a certain amount of time in weight training. So if you have, just as an example, you have four hours a week that you can dedicate to exercise. My best advice is dedicate three of those exercise hours to weight training and dedicate one of those hours to cardio or some type of cardio-like exercise. And that's simply because the more you invest in weightlifting, the more you invest in muscle. And the more you invest in muscle, the more calories you burn doing nothing extra. Right? So hopefully by now you start, you're starting to understand that by investing in muscle mass, you are essentially in, investing in burning body fat over time. I want to give a, a quick little analogy of this to help make this point even more specific and, and make it make even more sense and make it more relative. So I like to use money because we all know what it's like to balance how much we make and how much we spend and where we spend it and all these different types of things. So I want you to think about weightlifting to build muscle, like investing in a company by buying stocks in that company that you will hopefully make money off of in the future, in, in months and years, and in, in maybe even decades, depending on the kind of stock you buy. But you're buying a stock that isn't going to have a rate of return until much further down the road, okay? That's a lot like weightlifting. Weightlifting is like putting money into a stock and then over time, eventually making money off of that because you're investing in muscle mass and that eventually will pay you back. Now, doing cardio to lose fat is like investing in a company in hopes that you make money in the days and weeks following the investment by buying and selling stocks every single day. Okay, so it you, you can definitely, like on the money side of things, you can definitely play a riskier game by buying and selling stocks in the same amount of, in, in the same day or in the same week and kind of play that game. You could definitely do that, but you're going to have to maintain that level of intensity in investing in stocks your entire life versus investing in a long-term strategy that will make you money in the future, like way down in the future. Okay, so I hope that made sense. So to bring it back to the kind of exercise side of things, you'll have to do the same amount of cardio and eventually more because one of the things with, with cardio and with all forms of stress, uh, to keep it simple, but exercise, uh, particular to what we're talking about today is that let's say that you burn 200 calories running for 20 minutes. Well, as your body adapts to that, cause your body will adapt to that in a month, that same 20 minutes that you spend running might only burn, uh, what was the example I used before? 200 calories. So you run for 20 minutes, you burn 200 calories. A month from now, when you do the exact same thing, you might only burn 150 calories or 125 calories. 
So you're putting the same amount of work in, but you're burning less calories. That is not efficient, nor is that really a good way to invest in your time. So that means you're going to have to do more and more exercise, whether it's longer duration or more intense, in order to burn the same amount of calories you did when you first started. So because our metabolisms can adapt, and this is this is important, like we want our metabolisms to adapt. We wouldn't be here as human beings unless we were adapting to our surroundings, right? The whole human species evolved on being able to adapt to the environment. It's the only way that you can survive. You either adapt or you die. And that goes for pretty much all species on the planet. So it's not just unique to humans, but so let's say, you know, like, let's say at the beginning of the year, you, you were running for 20 minutes and burning 200 calories. By now, the same amount of running doesn't burn the same amount of calories. So that kind of sucks. And that's the first thing that really tipped me off when I first learned about cardio and weight loss and weightlifting and, and weight loss is that your body adapts to how many calories you can burn during a certain bout of exercise if you repeat that same bout of exercise, which means that you might be thinking, okay, cool. So I'll just, in, instead of doing 20 minutes, I'll do 30 minutes, and that will bring me back to burning the same amount of calories I was before, which will help me keep my caloric deficit, and yada, yada. And that's not terrible logic. I mean, that makes sense. But the next natural question that I would ask you is, well, how many times can you continually try to add more and more exercise? Pretty soon, if you're using that logic, you're going to have to do some type of cardio for an hour plus every single day to burn the same amount of calories that used to only take you 20 minutes to burn. So the long-term strategy when it comes to cardio isn't anywhere as effective as the long-term strategy for weightlifting. Because instead of taking calories away in the form of cardio and having to continually up the amount of cardio you do in order to get the same effect, when you spend that time in building muscle, you actually add to your investment without having to do the same amount of effort over time. So what do I mean by that? Let's say that at the beginning of the year, so January 2020, you started lifting weights. And six months down the road, you added 10 pounds of muscle mass to your body. Well, that 10 pounds of muscle mass isn't just going to evaporate if you don't work out you know, three times a week, right? You definitely can decrease your muscle mass once you've built it up, but you have to do a couple of things. You have to stop training completely. I think the minimum amount of weight training that you can that you need to do in order to keep the muscle mass you currently have on your body is like two days a week. All right. Now, if we're talking about cardio, that's not necessarily the same. I mean, cardio only affects your your current calorie burn. So you have to continually be able to do more and more cardio if you want to have the same caloric burn effect. So once you build muscle on your body, maintaining that muscle takes a lot less effort, which means that you don't have to put as much time in the gym in order to keep the muscle that you've built. So just in terms of sustainability and time commitment, weight training makes so much more sense in terms of time investment and if your goal is to lose weight, losing weight, then cardio does. Now, like I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, I'm not hating on cardio. I'm, I don't go up to people who like to run or endurance runners goes, you're pathetic. You're doing a terrible form of exercise. What are you thinking? You're an idiot. No. If you're an endurance athlete, 
this podcast is not for you because <laughs> you're probably not having a problem with losing weight. All right. And if you're an endurance athlete, your weight is really not that important to you. As a side effect, you're probably relatively thin and, and in good shape and lean. So more power to you. If you enjoy long runs or if you enjoy cross-country running or biking or whatever it is, more power to you. But if you're using cardio as a form of exercise to lose weight and that's the only reason you're doing it, then you're wasting your time. You're wasting the majority of your time. Now, you can definitely include cardio in a weight loss regimen, but I would not prioritize cardio with the mindset that it's going to help you lose weight. What I would do instead is use cardio as a way to invest in health, right? There are benefits to cardio that go far beyond weight loss. Like for me personally, the reason why I like cardio is it helps me think better. It keeps my brain clear. I feel like I think better when I've done a little bit of cardio, when I've pushed myself cardiovascularly. When I go out for a run afterwards, I feel great. It's a great mood enhancer. It's a great mood stabilizer. It's great for helping me think better and think more logically and being able to take stuff that I learn and put it into practice more um, you know, in a better uh, mindset or with, with better logic or with better reasoning or whatever it might be. So there's, there's tons of benefits to cardio beyond weight loss. So don't, don't think that if you're doing cardio right now that you need to completely stop and that you should never do it again if you want to lose weight. That's not at all what I'm saying. I'm saying that if you're using cardio to lose weight, you're shooting yourself in the foot. Okay, You'd be better off spending that time investing in some type of weight training. For some people, that's going to be just using your own body weight. For some people, that's going to mean getting under a barbell or a dumbbell or doing some kind of resistance training, some kind of weight training. And that, if that sounds like you, if this, if what I've talked about so far fits you to a T, whatever amount of time you can invest in exercise, prioritize the majority of that in weightlifting. So if you, if you work out three times a week for 45 minutes to an hour, make at least two of those days strength training and one cardio. So the ratio, it's not truly a ratio, but you should always be doing more strength training than you are doing cardio. Again, not saying that you have to take cardio out. I think it has huge benefits to things beyond weight loss. But if you're currently working out three days a week and all three of those days are cardio or, or two of those days are cardio and one is weight training, I would flip it. If you truly want to lose weight and keep it off, for the rest of your life and over the course of your life. And if you want to make it so that you can burn more calories without having to do more exercise or do more exercise-like activities, if you would, I mean, who doesn't want to burn more calories doing nothing? Like, I love the fact that because I invested in muscle mass or invest in weight training early on in my life, that now I don't have to put as much effort in keeping my muscle mass on my body. If I strength train, you know, do a full body strength training workout twice a week, I take care of everything I need to take care of in terms of maintaining my muscle mass, All right? Now, the other way in which you can influence your muscle mass in a negative way is not eating enough calories total. And that, we can save that for a, you know, a different 
podcast episode and I've already kind of talked about why it's important to keep your calories, you know, moderate and just try to increase your exercise in the last podcast. And it kind of goes along with the same thing. I think we typically, you know, we've been indoctrinated into believing that you need to eat less and exercise more. But I actually think it's more important to eat the same amount of calories, change the quality of those calories, increase exercise, do it in, the, in a way that invests in muscle mass first or weightlifting first, supplement with cardio as you see fit or as you would like to do. So if you absolutely hate cardio, it's still probably important to do some kind of level of cardio, whether it's high intensity interval training or um, you know, also known as HIT or some type of you know, jogging or running or walking or hiking, whatever it might be. I think cardio to some capacity is important not only for health, but just for you know, maintaining your weight. I still think it's important. It certainly should not be how you spend the majority of your exercise hours. Okay. Um, cool. So I'm glad that we established that. I'm glad that we've, we've kind of talked about that. I don't necessarily want to go super long with this episode. I, I'm going to try to keep them between 15 to 20 minutes, sometimes 30 if it's a really in-depth topic. Um, but I want to give you enough information to really give you some actionable tips. Okay. Um, one other thing that I want to make sure is understood very briefly, because I can do a whole episode on this next topic, but I want to briefly mention it here because we are talking about weight, weightlifting versus, you know, cardio for weight loss. I want to make it known that in terms of how your body burns calories, it's not just through exercise. There's, there's kind of three major ways. We talked about BMR. That happens to be about 70% of the total calories you burn a day. That's a lot just to keep you alive. Another 15% is done in ways that aren't necessarily related to exercise, but involve movement. So I typically like to define this as, or it is defined as non-exercise activity thermogenesis. And what does that mean? Well, it's basically the activities you do, the small little activities you do where movement is, is involved. Like Walking from your car to the grocery store is non-exercise activity thermogenesis. Uh, Taking the stairs instead of the elevator will be non-exercise activity thermogenesis. So it's any type of movement that you do that isn't like purposeful exercise. Like me tapping my foot because I've drank too much coffee is not me exercising, but it is movement that takes that does burn calories, right? But I'm not like twitching my foot going, oh, I'm burning this many calories. No, it's just the movement that takes place as a part of your normal everyday life. And that includes things like low intensity exercise, like walking. I mean, it is sort of exercise, but it's so low intensity that unless it's getting your heart rate up into like, you know, uh, like the 120, 140 range, it's really not truly like, purposeful exercise. Another way of thinking of non-exercise activity thermogenesis, which is uh, the acronym for NEAT, is your step count, right? Your step count can include exercise that you've done, but let's say you haven't exercised at all during the day and you have, like you haven't purposely gone to the gym or done a workout at home or whatever, and you've got 6,000 steps that day. That's all non-exercise activity thermogenesis. So the higher we can have that number, 
the more influence it's going to have on sustainable calories being burned. It's 15% of our total. So between BMR and non-exercise activity thermogenesis, NEAT, that is 85% of our calories right there. So what does that mean? Well, if we increase our BMR by building muscle mass and we increase how active we are in a way that doesn't really represent exercise like walking or even hiking or, you know, sweeping, you know, like when I do videos and I'm moving my arms all around, that counts. That is non-exercise activity thermogenesis. Or if I'm, you know, sweeping and mopping the house or if I'm in the backyard mowing the lawn or you know, tending to the garden, that all counts as movement that burns calories that isn't like the sexy calorie burn that you get from sprinting or running or doing a formal workout, but it matters all the same. And it's also more sustainable and low intensity enough to where you could do that every single day. So it adds to your total amount of calories being burned without it feeling like such a chore because the intensity isn't that high. Okay, so that makes a big difference. The other thing that I don't think people realize, and I'm certain I'm certain that you don't think about very often, is how digesting your food actually burns calories. So 10% of the total calories that you burn come from digesting your food. Now, the only real way to maximize this is by eating foods that burn more calories. So what do I mean by that? Certain foods take a lot more calories to break down than other foods. So if I was to give you a steak, like a nice ribeye steak, and say, eat this, it would take a lot of calories to break down that food. Now, if I give you a candy bar and I say, eat this, your body doesn't need to spend a lot of calories breaking that food down because, number one, it's processed, which means it's already broken down. All right, it doesn't have any fiber. The candy bar is not going to have any protein in it. So the calories are digested very quickly. So it doesn't take a lot of extra calories to have to break down that food into digestible pieces. The two types of food that take the most calories to break down, so that burn the most calories just from eating them, are protein and fiber. Okay? The third most is carbohydrates like rice and potatoes and probably things like fruits, although they have a pretty decent amount of fiber. So your starch-based carbohydrates. The type of food that takes the least amount of calories to break down is dietary fat, avocados, peanut butter, cheese. Okay, You don't need to remember all that. All you need to remember from this is that if you have a high-protein, high-fiber diet, you're maximizing the 10% of calories you burn digesting that food, which means that that's a, that's a portion of calories that you don't have to devote to exercise that you are burning just because you're digesting the food. So just to keep numbers simple, very few people are only burning 1,000 calories a day just at rest, not having to do anything. But let's say that you burn 1,000 calories in a day and you eat a high-protein, high-fiber diet. 10% of that 1,000 is 100. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty damn cool. The fact that you can burn 100 calories simply just eating a certain type of food or a certain category of food 
more than, you know, less than, more than you would if you didn't know that, I guess you could say. So that's why a high-protein, high-fiber diet is super important for long-term fat loss because you're increasing the amount of calories you burn just digesting your food, right? And that's not even the coolest part. What I'm about to share with you now is going to help make a lot more sense if you're the kind of person who's been doing cardio to lose weight and not seeing results, okay? Out of the total amount of calories that you burn a day, Exercise only contributes 5 to 20%. Okay? 5 to 20%. That's not a lot. Even if you're exercising regularly, your exercise, the calories you're burning in your exercise, is not substantially contributing to burning body fat and helping you lose weight. It's one of the reasons why they say if you want to lose weight, you have to focus on your nutrition. It has such a greater influence over losing weight and burning body fat than exercise does. Again, not saying that exercise isn't important, that cardio isn't important for you know other things outside of weight loss, but it's certainly by itself not going to help you lose weight. And that's just a fact. And if you don't believe me, continue to do cardio, not lift weights, not lose weight, and be frustrated. You're more than welcome. It's a free country. You can do that. But if you're tired of trying to lose weight, not seeing results, and you're only doing cardio, then I would highly recommend switching over to doing more weight training, eating more protein, eating more fiber, and just continuing down that road and continuing those habits as long as you can. Because it makes a big difference. And it's just small little tweaks that you didn't know about until now. Now, a question that I actually posed to myself when I was learning this that I'm sure that you might have as well, or if you've been following along and you're starting to really conceptualize this is, well, then why when I'm at the gym or why does my fitness pal or why does my my Fitbit or whatever watch say that I burned, you know, 500 calories during my workout. First and foremost, that's a gross um, overestimation, or is that that's not the right word? It's an overestimation. Is that a, is, that's not a word? You guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but you're basically overestimizing. That's not a word either, is it? How do you say that word? It's a false estimate. Really, I really can't say estimization. That's not a word. Estimating. It's a false estimation. There we go. God, that took way too long. It's a false estimation. There I go again. So you want to try to say it too fast. It doesn't work. Anyway, you get what I'm trying to say. It's estimating a very high amount of calories just based on other things that aren't very accurate. So first and foremost, that's what's important to understand about that. The second thing you have to understand is, let's say that, you know, like I said, it's between 5 and 20% on average. Well, you know, if it's not 5% and it's 10%, how does that work? Because it's 100% of the calories that you burn in a day can't be 110%. You can't, it just doesn't make sense. You can't go over 100% of the calories you burn. So how does that equation fit under that 100? Well, what your body will typically do, especially if this is something that you do continually, like if you continually burn more than the 5% on average and you're burning like 10 
in order to make the equation work and for all the math to actually work and your and your body's a very dynamic you know system it, this is genius and it's really fascinating is it has to take energy from other pieces of your calories out metabolism so if you're consistently exercising above 5% of the allotment that your body is going to give you before it starts trying to make adjustments it's going to take a percentage of calories you burn at rest and put that towards exercise. So now maybe you're burning, let's say, 65% from BMR, and now you're burning 10% from exercise. Well, why isn't that a good idea? Here's why it's not a good idea. You're basically making it harder for yourself to burn the most amount of calories you can. Your body's already burning 70% of its calories doing nothing. Now you're decreasing the amount of calories your body burns doing nothing. That's not efficient. I can't off the top of my head think of a really good analogy for that, but I hope that makes sense to you. If you burn up to 20 calorie or 20% of your total daily calories in exercise, that means that it's taking away from the other things that take less effort to burn the same amount of calories. That's not efficient. You're essentially making it harder to increase the daily amount of calories that you burn by trying to make those calories active calories instead of passive calories. If that makes sense. So that's why trying to out-exercise or trying to over-exercise to lose weight is not effective because your body is going to basically partition more of its calories towards exercise in order for you to do that. So let's say you run and you burn 400 calories every single day and you do that consistently enough, your body's going to go, okay, well, this person's consistently doing that. I don't want them to, you know, burn out. We're going to have to take some of the energy we put towards our organs and, you know, the energy we, energy we burn just, you know, standing up and moving around. You're going to become more, more lethargic outside of exercise. Um, very small things like uh, Eric Helms, who's a, a doctor in this, you know, I exactly forget what he's a, a doctor of, but he's a genius. He has his PhD. He's a, he's a, and he's a very well-rounded person. Like you can listen to him talk and he knows how to synthesize this information. What he has studied and what he has seen is that when you have to put so many calories out through exercise and you also have to decrease the amount of calories you have coming into, you know, because he performs at the level of like, like figure competitor in bodybuilding. What he noticed is, is that he's a lot, quote unquote, lazier outside of his workouts because he has less, his body is devoting less of its total energy towards, you know, just keeping the lights on or, or doing things like, um, non-exercise activity thermogenesis. Like he, he sees himself wanting to spend less uh, active time doing things like, you know, sweeping or mopping or doing what he just notices that he's, he has less of a tendency to even want to do those things, let alone, you know, force himself to, to do them because he has to or whatever. So all that being said, what I'm trying to say is, is that the more you exercise and the more you try to burn calories through exercise, the less effective long-term that strategy is going to be because you're going to always have to keep that up. When you could just invest in some of the things that will help you burn more calories over time without having to put a ton of extra effort in the form of cardio in. So I much rather eat high-protein diet, eat high-fiber high diet. I much rather lift weights to build muscle to burn more calories. 
I rather do things like walks and hikes and spend time with my dog and clean the house and garden and do all those types of things to burn calories kind of in a low intensity way that I can maintain for a long period of time. I rather do all of those things than have to consistently always burn all the calories that I need to burn through exercise. So in terms of efficiency, that's why it's more important to lift weights and to invest in these other forms of burning calories than purely just exercise. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and stop there for today's podcast. I think that's more than enough information on this topic. I realize that this is probably a very new topic to you. It might even be a foreign, completely foreign topic to you. If you have any questions or you want more information on this, I would first encourage you to do your own research. I think that's important. But if you rather just send me a quick little message like, hey, I remember you talked about this. Could you elaborate on it more? Could you give me more of like a background? Feel free to do so. Um, You can contact me on social media. You can email me. Uh, my email is shanehubbardfit at gmail. Very easy to uh, to write up and send me a message. You can also go to my website and go to the contact me tab and just uh, contact me through there. Uh, you can contact me on social media, whatever you like. You can. I don't think you can leave comments on on podcasts, but if you could, you could do that. Uh, so anyway, thanks a ton for listening to today's episode. I really do appreciate it. Um, uh, there's really nothing more for me to be said. I, I've, I will be creating more content as you see it on social media. Um, I will say this. If you want to download my free ebook, it's about 36 pages of awesomeness. And it really goes into how you can do all of this weightlifting, how you can do all of this you know, nutrition, how you can dial everything in for free. All right. I put meal plan templates in there. Um, I've put like appetite scales, you know, exactly how much to eat based on your individual needs. There's a lot of really good information. So if you want to download that, click the link below that says free fat loss forever plan. You can download that absolutely free. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, just stay tuned for other episodes and keep listening and give me any kind of feedback. I know that when I listen to a lot of podcasts, they say things like, give me a five-star rating. I only want you to give me a five-star rating if you think I deserve it. If I think, if you think I deserve a two or a three-star rating, then tell me. I mean, I can only make the podcast better if, if, you know, I'm getting feedback from it. I, I don't see it how you guys see it. So anyway, if you do want to leave a comment or a review or a, you know, a five-star rating, on my podcast, feel free to do so. You can do it right here in iTunes or wherever you're listening to it. And with that being said, I'll go ahead and end today's episode. Thanks again, and thanks a ton for listening, and I will see you in a future episode.